Hello once again, and welcome into the Flathead Beacon podcast. I'm Andy Viano. This week, we are talking about the election, and probably not for the last time on this show. My colleague Tristan Scott will be along shortly with a special guest in tow to talk about Flathead County's upcoming all-male election, a decision reached by the Flathead County commissioners earlier this month, which was a reversal of their original position. His story in this week's Beacon, called The Ballot Battle, gets perspective from all three county commissioners, including the two who changed their original position, and from County Election Administrator Monica Eisenzimmer, who explains how her office has successfully managed large-scale absentee voting for years without any hints of voter fraud, and how she expects that to happen again in November. And you'll hear from Eisenzimmer herself in just a moment. But first, a reminder that all of the work we produce at the Flathead Beacon, including this very podcast, is made possible in part by the more than 500 members of the Beacon Editors Club. For as little as $5 per month, club members sustain our work and qualify for some great bonus perks, too. To learn more about how you can show your support for our free publication, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. All right, time now to talk about this November's election, and this week, Monica Eisenzimmer, the Flathead County Election Office Manager, is our guest, joined by the author of this week's cover story, The Ballot Battle, Tristan Scott. We're joined today by Flathead County Election Manager Monica Eisenzimmer to discuss the statewide general election process this November, which in the Flathead and 45 other Montana counties will use an all-male ballot format. Monica, this election cycle is generating a lot of news, including about how Montana and Flathead County conducts the election itself. Among other issues, voters and lawmakers have raised concerns about the security of holding an all-male election, which the Flathead County Commission has adopted due to concerns surrounding the coronavirus. Can you take us through the security features that your office uses to ensure a secure election and prevent election fraud? Yeah, every ballot we mail out is issued to active registered voters and every ballot is numbered uniquely for that voter for that election so when their envelope comes back we know whose it is and then the computer can bring it up brings up their registration so we can verify the signature on the envelope to the signature on the registration so we know that it's a valid montana flathead county active voter and Many voters are already accustomed to voting by mail using an absentee ballot. How many of Flathead County's voters already vote by mail, and what's different this year? Well, before the switch to making everybody absentee, basically that's what they did. They made everybody absentee. We had about 43,000 absentee voters, so the other 18,000 became active absentee voters when they decided to do it as a vote by mail. That doesn't mean they have to mail their ballot back. They just have to get it by mail. So the system has been tested through large-scale mail voting operations before. Has any yeah. has there been any issues with with voter fraud or inaccuracies in ballot counting? No, not at all. Not now that we use the ta- the high-speed tabulators and we 
manage, we count in batches of 25 to 100. So we can be in control of every batch that goes through. So we know out of 100 which ones have to be verified, you know, that somebody needs to look at or whatever. So if, if one ballot out of one of those batches, if there's a question about whether or not it got counted, you can just go back and, and recount that batch? Right. Right. All 56 Montana counties took advantage of a similar directive issued by the governor in advance of the, the state's June 2nd primary. How did that election go? Was there anything that you noticed in terms of voter turnout? Oh, it was the highest turnout we've had for a primary. And the only difference was the people that normally voted at the polls forget to sign the envelope that their ballot's in. So we had to make a lot of phone calls to get those voters in to get their their envelopes signed so we could count their ballot. But it went great. You know, it's been a process we've been doing for at least 20 years that I've been there. And then and now that schools in some Whitefish City, Columbia Falls City are doing it, doing their regular city elections by mail. So we've had a lot of practice. And it seems like there's been an uptick in voters requesting absentee every election cycle. Is that is that trend been continuing? Yeah. Now, if a voter wants to cast a ballot in person, and one thing that we've heard a lot of is that many voters do really appreciate their their right to to go to a polling place this year, what are what are their options to do that? They can vote the ballot they get in the mail and then drop it off at the election department or one of the ballot drop boxes that we'll have either downstairs in the election office or one in Columbia Falls or one in Whitefish. They can drop them off in person or they can come to the office, the election department, and request a ballot and vote it and leave it there, obviously. But there won't be polling places that voters are accustomed to, for example, at the fairgrounds. Those will not be open. No, no polling places will be open. None of the remote ones. The only one is the election department. And that's in, in downtown Kalispell. And yeah. if, if people have any questions, they can go to your website. Right. Now, a, a majority of the state's volunteer election judges that do help uh, man polling places are 61 or older. And I think that's also the case in Flathead County, which puts them in that demographic that's most vulnerable to coronavirus. There were initial concerns that staffing these polling places would be an issue due to a shortage of volunteers, but you actually saw a surge in the number of people stepping up to volunteer this year. Is that, is that right? That's correct. It's been nice to see so many people stepping up to help, our, help the election office and their community by offering to serve as election judges in all these various polling places. And will those volunteers, now that they've, uh, they've offered their services, will that roll over into the next election cycle? Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> now, there were, there were a number of political forces that, that came to bear on the election process recently. From your standpoint, does that have any impact on how the county carries out its duties to hold a fair election? No. I mean, our, we are up there for, for everybody. It doesn't matter their party affiliation or if they don't have a party affiliation. We're there to help the voters and uh, complete the process. 
And of course, when voters submit their ballots in the mail, the postal carriers, the post office, nobody has any idea what political affiliation they are. They treat all ballots the same. Correct. When should voters start checking their mailboxes for a ballot and and are ballots available at the election office for people who prefer to vote in person? Okay, ballots will get mailed. They start getting mailed October 9th. And so they should start looking at their mailbox shortly after that, whether the day or the week after. Ballots are available after October 2nd. But if you're on the list to get mailed a ballot, it's preferable that you wait for that ballot to get to you. But if, if your ballot doesn't get there, we want you to call us and then either come down to the office to get a replacement ballot or we can track down and see maybe where your ballot went and we can issue a replacement if you don't get your ballot. Now, you said that ballots will be mailed to all registered active voters. Is there anything else that voters should should know about whether to check their status, make sure their, their mailing address is up to date, things like that? Yeah, they need to check on the My Voter page that's on our website at flathead.mt.gov forward slash elections. Check on that My Voter page. It tells you if you're an active voter or an inactive voter. If you're inactive, check with the election office to make sure your address is correct. And if you haven't voted, you know, in the last four years, make sure and fill out a new voter registration form so we can update your registration and get a ballot out to you. So if you're a voter who has not voted in the last four years, that renders you inactive and you need to update that status? Yes. And is that a pretty pretty simple process? Yes. Now, as, as I understand, voters can still register in Montana up until Election Day. How, how does that work? Uh, and do you get a lot of Election Day voter registrations? Yes, but because this is a... Because of the directive during COVID-19, registration doesn't close until October 26th. So you can send in a voter registration up until then, and we'll mail you a ballot. So, so up until October 26th, right? you'll still be mailed a ballot. Yeah, we can still issue absentee, basically absentee or vote-by-mail ballots. Is there a point at which voters who maybe wait till the last minute, uh, hopefully there aren't too many out there, but I know that, that there are some voters who procrastinate. Is there, is there a point at which it's better to just turn in the, their ballot in person versus dropping it in the mail to ensure that it oh, arrives in time? Oh, at least a week time? before the election. Uh, yeah, a week before November 3rd, you're going to want to make sure it's mailed. But I know our post office is... Dedicated to get every getting every ballot to us to get it counted, but to put that much pressure on them is not, you know, it may not be safe. I mean, it's best to, if you want to make sure your ballot gets in, make sure you mail it a week before or drop it off at one of the various Dropbox locations. And I, I spoke with the post office and they described some of the steps that, that they've taken and worked with your office on to make the, the election process smoother. Can you talk about any of those yeah. steps? Yeah, we've switched to, instead of white envelopes, we use hot pink envelopes. And they're easy to for the post office to pull out of the mail so they can get them to our office faster than sending them through processing and then to our office. We go through a mail service to help make sure everything is coded correctly and gets sent out to, so we don't delay the uh, movement of anybody's ballot. And of course, those hot pink envelopes help postal carriers distinguish them from the, the, the sea of white 
white yeah, male right. that they're that the they're other thing, a couple sorting. times a year, we'll try to um, do a address update to make to put our they run our addresses through uh, um, national change of address so we can reach out to those voters whose addresses have changed so we can get them updated in our office, trying to help people not their ballots not get lost or undeliverable. We'd like them to get right to the, where they're supposed to go every election, but we always end up with a couple thousand that are undeliverable. So now, if the if the ballots go out and some end up at an address that that has changed, but perhaps the voter hasn't notified your office, and then they do that, are there two ballots floating around? Does that open up any any weaknesses in in your security features to prevent election fraud? Uh, no. The ballots sp- should come back to our office as undeliverable because ballots are not forwardable. But if for some reason one ends up delivered and um, somebody comes in and can't find their, you know, they, they didn't get their ballot then because it was undeliverable, either we have it back and we'll issue them that ballot with a change of address or we'll issue them another one and void the first one. So they can only accept one ballot. We can only accept one, even though because, um, you know, we ended up issuing two, one is voided before they ever send back the other one. Right. So vote, voting multiple ballots is just not something that, that can happen. No. Monica, is there anything else that voters should know leading up to the November 3rd general election this year? There's just been so so much sort of back and forth and confusion that I know from our end we've mm-hmm. heard heard residents that are that are just confused, but it sounds like you've got things pretty well under control. We do. And uh, the main thing is if people want to vote, they need to register as early as they can. Try not to leave it till the last minute because that last minute, the the delays, the line is longer. And it's, so it's going to take more of your time to stand in line to get a ballot than if you would come in and register to vote and get sent one right away. Like when we send the mailing out, if we could send them all to everybody, that would be make that gives you more time to vote and get it back in time. Again, if they're inactive or have just recently moved, they need to let us know sooner rather than later that they've moved. Given us given us time to get everything processed limits the because we're all human. Everybody's human that's filling out the forms on their end. And that's processing them on our end. So the more time we can have to process that, more time we have to take care of any issues or confusion anybody has. Well, we've been talking to Flathead County Election Manager Monica Eisenzimmer. Monica, thank you very much and happy election season. Thank you. And my thanks to both Tristan Scott and Monica Eisenzimmer. And don't forget to check out Tristan's story, The Ballot Battle, in this week's issue of the Flathead Beacon or at flatheadbeacon.com. And if you want more information on voting in Flathead County this election season, visit flathead.mt.gov election or call 406-758-5535. The Flathead County Election Office is at 40 11th Street West, room 230 here in Kalispell. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 7 p.m. on Tuesday, September 15th. 
The state of Montana's ever-climbing tally of confirmed coronavirus cases has risen to 9,244 as of this recording, after more than 800 new cases were reported in the last week. More than 1,900 of those cases are active, including 135 active cases in Flathead County and another 44 in neighboring Lake County. The state's death toll from the virus has also been on the rise, with 140 people now confirmed to have died as a result of COVID-19, a total that includes 13 deaths reported by the Flathead City County Health Department. Ten of Flathead County's deaths are linked to an outbreak at Whitefish Care and Rehabilitation, a long-term care facility where more than 75% of residents have been infected, and a 14th death, one so far not reported by the health department, was announced by Emanuel Lutheran Communities, a senior living complex in Kalispell, last weekend. Flathead County schools, meanwhile, have been in session in person for more than two weeks, and the first trickle of confirmed coronavirus cases have been reported as expected by administrators. Seven students or staff have tested positive for the virus at Flathead County schools, including two at Flathead High School and two at Columbia Falls High School. Nearly 90 people were placed in 14-day quarantine as a result of their exposure to a COVID-positive person within a school building, but so far, no evidence of spread of the virus within a building has been discovered. As a result, no school in the Flathead Valley has adjusted its operating plan as a result of the positive cases. In other news, Glacier National Park has released its schedule for limiting services this fall, one week after a jam-packed Labor Day weekend led to long lines and frustrated visitors. Weather and a serious car accident played a role in the major backups on September 7th and 8th, and as weather looms around the corner, especially at some of the park's higher elevations, all front country campgrounds in the park are now closed, and the Visitor Center at Logan Pass will close on Sunday, September 27th, with Going to the Sun Road tentatively scheduled to close at Avalanche Creek on October 19th. That is weather permitting, of course. Check back to flatheadbeacon.com for the latest information on Glacier Park. And finally, Vice President Mike Pence visited Montana on Monday, attending a mostly mask-free rally in Belgrade, where he promised tax cuts and decisive action against what he deemed violent protesters elsewhere in the country if he and Donald Trump are re-elected in November. Pence, who also praised his government's work handling the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, was joined at the rally by Senator Steve Daines, Republican gubernatorial candidate Greg Gianforte, and Matt Rosendale, the state auditor who is running for Gianforte's U.S. House seat. A spokeswoman for the Montana Democratic Party blasted the event, saying it, quote, put Montanans health and safety at risk, according to the Associated Press. That's all for this week. Remember to subscribe to the show by searching for Flathead Beacon on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and review if you're enjoying the show. And don't forget, you can read all the latest news from Northwest Montana for free at flatheadbeacon.com. Until next week, thanks for listening.